you have radical candor on one yeah, side yeah. and you have training accountability and asking questions on the other don't ever assume that you know the answer and assume positive intent from most people life just gets i'll say pretty easy when i when i operate that way versus in that egoic sense of i'm right i know everything hey what's up everybody welcome back championship leadership podcast we got ryan nidell here from uh ohio i'm not sure if that's where you're coming out of right now but you're Last I knew you were out of Ohio. Is that still true? That is still true. Lot, lots right. of travel in my life, but I'm here right now. Yeah. All right. Well, first question I'd like to ask, Championship Leadership is the name of the podcast. What what comes to mind for you? What does uh, Championship Leadership mean to you? Oh, gosh. It means it means being a, a servant leader, right? A, a good, good buddy of mine, a mentor of mine, Kevin Nations, uses the term the benevolent alpha. And mm -hmm. to me, what that means is being humble enough to ask questions, to realize we don't know, we certainly don't know it all, but at some point, uh, don't mince words. Don't take any, don't take any grief from people, right? There's, there's a direction that a business has to run in and, and part of being a leader is being able to, to make those decisions with enough impact, enough insight from others around you to make the decision and deal with the outcomes. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Uh, benevolent alpha. Beautiful. What's, um, why don't you let the listeners know here who you are and path and journey you've been on and kind of how that's brought you to where you are today, what you're up to today. Yeah. Thanks, Nate. So who I am is, is just a, I'll call it a regular Midwest guy, right? Born and born and bred in, in better parts of Ohio, right? pretty much my whole life married, right? Wonderful wife, Lindsay and, and great daughter, Gianna. And right through the course of my life, I've been fortunate to have a, a little bit of an engineering background, right? And mechanical engineering is a field of study. Use that to, of all things, get into the illustrious world of automotive car sales, right? <laughs> Knew I didn't want to be an engineer, but math and science came pretty simple to me. Use that to eventually piggyback into being a salesperson for a startup tech company, a web hosting company based out of Akron, Ohio. Took over as president and CEO of that company after gosh, six or eight months. Went through a couple of capital raises, then sold that off to a subsidiary of GoDaddy when I was 29. Thought I had the Midas touch at, at 29, realized by midway through 30, I did not have such a thing. All the money I made from an exit, I'll say evaporated, disappeared, but it was really poor choices, poor leadership, poor poor execution on a business that I started, which was a, a merchant processing company, processing credit cards. Hit, hit what I'll say is rock bottom, hopefully it doesn't get much lower than that personally, where you know, no money left in the bank account, rental properties in foreclosure, cars repossessed, probably should have declared bankruptcy at 30, but didn't not because mm -hmm. of somewhat because of pride, but really a lot of it because of ignorance didn't understand the, the benefits of as, as funny as it is to say the benefits of being able to declare bankruptcy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> used, dug myself out of a hole by selling custom clothing for a while, got tired of the internet world, traveled the country, learned how to sell suits, learned how to measure people, learned all about wool, eventually became partners in a wool manufacturing facility in England and co-designed an app that is still used by a couple hundred clothiers, probably even a little bit more than that right now across, across the globe. Started a CBD company in 2016, sold it to a private equity group in the end of 2018, consulted a, a handful of businesses from, gosh, 18 to 20. Used that to start a private equity fund, right, and have, a, I don't know, 150 million assets under management. And currently, I'm the CEO of a company called MIT45 that's in the Kratom space that I've helped grow from $5 million when I came on board as a consultant. This year, we'll probably hit 
fingers crossed, 75, 80 million in, in top line revenue, all equity still in house and in the process of getting it dialed in for an IPO late next year. Is that, that's with Dalton, correct? That is, it's with Dalton Locke, absolutely. I'm going to see him in a few days in Cancun, I guess. I just found out about that this weekend. I didn't know he was going to be there, but I'm excited to meet him in person for the first time. We've we've talked on the phone and met online, but uh, yeah, so I'm excited to see him. So He's one of my closest friends, dearest, dearest people, biggest hearts of anybody I've ever met before. Yeah, And it, it's been incredible to take the journey that him and I have had where, Nate, he literally came into my life from really the consultative life coaching kind of almost called the wake up warrior frame that I went Uh through. And I had a little men's event here that had here in Columbus, Ohio had, I think 10, maybe 12 participants, kind of a hybrid version of what some would call a warrior week, but some aspects from that, some, some aspects that would be unique to me. And Dalton and I just became very, very close after that. You you get, you get it. You become bonded to a man when you, when you go through a crucible type of event, you, you learn, about each other in some great aspects. And back when I met him at, at that moment in time, his whole whole goal was I'm bored with the business. I don't like it anymore. Help me figure out a way out. Like that that was what this was for yeah. him and, and our other partner, Sean. Uh-huh. I was like, all right, I don't know anything about Kratom. I don't know anything about the industry. Let's just create a path to get you guys out. Let's just figure out somebody that'll buy it. And as we created the systems and processes to pull them out of the business, now all of a sudden they're working less and less. And they're like, well, why don't you come in and run it? I'm like, I, I don't, I didn't sign up for that really, but <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, it's been an exciting ride for all of us. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah. The plan that you uh, first come up with the, isn't always the one that you end up following, right? That's, that's life for sure. For sure. Who are some championship leaders in your life coached and mentored you that, and, and really what are, what have been some of those characteristics from those individuals that have really stood out to you and that have maybe kind of how you've molded and modeled yourself after. Absolutely. And I need to preface this, Nate, where I, I, I operate under the premise that just like the, the world that we reside in, I believe that all of us go through seasons in life. And, and those seasons, I've needed different people or felt called to different people with really a lot of different character traits yeah. from each one of them, right? If I go back, the first mentor that I had would be, I'd say Garrett J. White and Sam Filsafi that yeah. were wake up warrior. That would have been 2018 was really the first time I, I can say I really dove into what it was to, to be mentored by someone went all the way through wake up warrior. And, and when I say all the way through it, right. Warrior week. And gosh, there were two or three different, different paths to go down, went down those two or three yep. different paths. And then woke up one day and started questioning everything. Like, hold on, wait, wait, wait. there's, there's only one way to live. You have to live <laughs> this way. There's yeah. absolutes. I'm like, it doesn't really feel right to me. And there's aspects of that that still are part of my everyday life. And But I started questioning just the the rigid nature of what was being shared. Mm-hmm. That then put, so I would say, I would say back then, Nate, it taught me a framework to live by. It taught me to tell the truth, not only to, to others, but really to myself. It taught me that there are things that I can do every day to put myself in a position of what I'll call personal productive power. That doesn't mean that alpha pounding my chest. I'm, I'm yeah. the man. It means, man, if I get certain things done before I leave my house in the morning, I just feel better. I feel, I feel like I'm in control of the day versus the day being in control of me. Yeah. So that's never left me. I think it's a, a great, great lesson for anyone listening. Um, from, from there, it got into more metaphysical things. It got into more spiritual things. It got into some plant-based medicine. 
things across the board. And, and really that led me down from a mentorship path. I'll say Dr. Joe Dispenza would have been someone for a season of life of really mm -hmm. working deeper on right that metaphysical connection, the connection to higher source, God, whatever, whatever deity as you're listening, you might believe in just something that's greater than, than us, greater than, than the mortal form that we, that we reside in. And so that was a wonderful season. And yeah. then as that season comes to an end and these seasons, I, I call them, it, it's a term by um, a gentleman named Ken Wilbur that I first learned. It's a holonon and all holonon means is to transcend and include the previous level. And so I think sometimes there's this thing of, gosh, if I'm breaking up with this mentor, kind of <laughs> push that to the side. And it's like, no, 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 no. I get to, I get to take the best aspects of what I've learned and decide which ones serve me in the new season. So yeah. I'm transcending that level and then I'm including it as I go through my journey. And so we, we get from, from that level and, and then it's, it's a combination now. It's, it's some individuals, um, a, a good one to make reference of would be Matt Mashari. Matt Mashari is a, a great, great gentleman that has taken a, a few companies public more in the, the tech space. He's got something called the Mashari method. He's someone I'm working with right now, him and his team to, to bolster up a skill set that's greater than I currently have, where mm -hmm. with the, the goal to me of taking the company public, I haven't been through that before, Nate. And I'm, yeah. I'm raising my hand and saying, gosh, there's literally hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars on the line. My choices are level up my game or find somebody else to do it, right? Because I'm a partner. So I, I can, I can play on either side of that fence. Sure. And it might end up that I play on the side of, I didn't get the skills in the right amount of time and we got to bring somebody else in. But I believe as a CEO of a company, it's our job to be at least a year ahead, if not further mm -hmm. in the way we're thinking, acting, acting and operating. And so that's, that's some of that world right now. And I'm kind of doing it in tandem where I have Matt Mashari in my life. And then I have Tim Grover in my life, which is yeah. a, a really exciting thing to get to work with, with Tim and Sherry and, and see just the, the direct, I'll call it the direct candor where, yeah. you yeah. know, I have this thing where I like to, I'll say soft pedal some things and, and we can call it conflict avoidance. Perhaps we can call it, you know, being, being conscious of the word that we choose. And it's something I'm consistently working on, Nate, we're just, mm -hmm. it's not so much telling the truth. I don't have a problem delivering the truth. It's the speed and the efficiency in which I tell the truth sure. versus how someone's going to receive it. Right. And it's, there's this beautiful way that I found, you know, you take a Jack Welsh, you take some of the, the most powerful leaders of the eighties, nineties, and even two thousands, they have this way of just, just saying it right. Yeah, the the right. Campbell's of the world. And I'm like, gosh, I, I need to, I need to build that muscle because I don't have it quite how I'd want it to be. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a, and it probably wasn't that way for them either. Right. Hopefully not. I, you know, I maybe. mean, yeah, maybe, maybe not, you know, I guess, but I, I think what I found generally in life is that most people are on a, a similar path than the rest of us. You know, it's, it's a progression for us all. Some of us get to certain places faster than others, I guess, for sure. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yeah. Uh, Tim Grover, that's, yeah, he's kind of one of those guys from what I've seen from the outside. Uh, yeah, not mincing his words and, and telling that how it is, but he worked with guys, obviously that, you know, in a Jordan or a Kobe, that that's who they were. That's how he ha had, he had to step his game up. I, I would imagine really quickly to do that. Yes. Right. So yes, it, it's been fascinating to get to spend some time with him. And this has been a, a recent relationship, Nate. Mm -hmm. I had him speak from, I, I was fortunate or we're fortunate to be able to, we did a stock issuance for all of our employees inside of mid 45. 
And so we call it our first annual shareholders meeting, got the entire staff together, right, uh, about 75, 80 employees. And then I invited Tim to come out and speak okay. and being able to not only share right where we're going, where we've been, get everybody rallied around that, but then have Tim speak from stage and then get to spend some time after that behind the scenes with him. It's It's been fascinating how many people look at the, like they want to know what it's like to spend time with with Kobe or spend time with 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 Michael Jordan. Yeah. And it's it's so interesting being able to sit down with him and said, I quite frankly, Tim, from from where I said, I could care less that you I don't care, you know, what Michael Jordan's habits are. I care about the thought process that went into creating yeah. someone that operates at that elite of a level. So I'll, teach me how to think. Don't tell me what to think. I don't I don't mm-hmm. need you to tell me something. And he's it was just so fascinating to see some of our staff members who I have tremendous respect for, but they're man, what was it like to, to be a part yeah. of so many championships? And it's, it's like, hold on guys, we're, we have our own championship team right here, right now. Like we're, we're at the yeah. pinnacle of our industry. Acknowledge the fact that we are playing that same type of game on a different court. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What's, what's the vision for you? I know you've maybe talked a little bit about it and you have a lot of, you know, and you're, you're involved with a good friend of mine and replace your university and Michael Lush. And, and, and I know you do a lot of different things. So, but I, you know, when I think of championship leadership, I think of vision and I think the best of the best have a vision many times others can't see or have a hard time seeing or think is crazy. And, and then it's having the courage to, to take action on that, right. The mm-hmm. vision, then the courage that go out and actually implement it. So I'm, I'm wondering for you next, you know, five, five years is a long time, but it also goes really, really fast. Seems the older I get, the faster time goes. So what, what's the um, um, big vision for you right now and, and the impact more importantly of that, you want to make with that? Yeah, Nate. So the really good question, the vision for me is I'm I'm chasing a billion dollar net worth and not a billion dollars based off of, I'll say maybe what's, what some, some of our peers might, might care about of, right? Here's a screenshot of a billion dollars. I could care less about that. I live a pretty (laughs) humble life and and keep what I do pretty quiet. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's more of the acknowledgement that it's possible. I'm someone that likes to experience things and it's always been to make a billion dollars to then give away charitably a billion dollars before I die. Mm-hmm. It's like fantastic to a massive level of wealth, but for what, right? Like right. At, at some point I was laughing with my wife. I mean, you think about this, let's say we're, we're on a trajectory, you and I to make $6 million a year, right? Physical take home spendable cash. So whatever that would be, depending on your, your tax structure. The first month we might be able to come up with how to spend a half million bucks because we know it's kind of guaranteed. Yeah. Second month, second month we might be able to figure it out, but by the third month I have no idea what I would do with a half a million. Like, right. there's no more restaurants, there's no more travel. The jet doesn't need more fuel. Like, yeah. at some point you're sitting there saying, "Okay, well now what do I do? How do I make an impact?" And so on the business side, Nate, I look at this as Act One of what I'll call a three act play for me. Bit forty five in the season that I'm in. You know, Michael Lush replaced university. It's got this little, little conglomerate of really powerful business leaders and businesses that I get to be a part of. And I see all of them exiting at some point in the next, you know, two to three years mm-hmm. with, with some pretty high valuations across the board. That's exciting because I get to experience that with people that I, that I'll say that I love, that I care about, that 
right? It's just exciting yeah. to see other people's dreams come true and exciting to help people transition, including myself, right? Transition to mid 45. But that's, that's act one. Act two to me is taking the lessons I've learned coming on at a, a $5 million business and growing it to a time and exit happens 150, 160 million in, in top line revenue. How do I find a business now that I, I can come into at 40 million, 50 million and help get it to the same point by condensed down time? I mean, I think that's so much of what what mentorship and leadership is, is helping condense time down for ourselves and for those around us. It's not like Michael Lush couldn't get to where he's going to get to. The, the man and the team around him are truly brilliant. I mean, they are yeah, some of the, the most intelligent, most caring, driven individuals I've ever met before. But it's how do we how do we take the, the life skills I've acquired that might be slightly different than theirs? And instead of it taking them, I'll make up an arbitrary time, six years, yeah. what happens if we turn into three? Like yeah. How much how much more impactful is that? So that'll be act two. Then act three for me, which I think comes right on the backside of that five years if my if my planning goes right, is is really spend time pouring back into, I'll say the the the, the culture and the world at large. And what I mean by that is there's right from from someone that's been a consultant before, right? I could say I'm even a consultant now. Mm-hmm. How impactful is it when you just give it away? Right yeah. now, there's a conversation that people don't value free things. And I, I can inherently agree with that. But at some point I've been working on a manifesto sounds way too grandiose, but there's just a playbook that I've, I've ran from selling a web hosting company to selling a CBD company to helping a handful of other people exit. There's just a playbook. And it's like, if I can get that out of my head and down on a sheet of paper and then have a digital aspect to it and, and a physical aspect to it mm-hmm. and literally just essentially give it away, like just enough investment so people find value in it but also then create uh, i'll say a tertiary version that allows the youth to alter their mindset i mean i think you know from being someone that participates in in big brother big sister and seeing this underserved part of the community it's like gosh if you if you can start to create a belief system in people that more is possible than ever they've ever realized and it's not that they're not capable of that belief they don't even know that belief is 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 there right i mean that I came up middle class. I thought it's, you know, the 40, 40 plan. You work 40 years for 40% of your income. Yeah. Right. It's just, it's just kind of the way it works. And I love my parents. That, that was their trajectory. And I'm like, man, what if you, what if you could teach people to be independent thinkers? What if you could teach people that the world is literally their oyster, that a preview of, of what you can see in your mind is nothing more than a preview of coming attractions in reality. What if you can tap into a higher source at a younger age? How much different could the world look when you have producers versus takers? It's like, right. gosh, that, that sounds really exciting to me. You know, I'm 38 now. So I look at that 45, 46, certainly before 50 to dedicate, I'll call it that twilight of my life that lasts, you know, 30 or 40 years. Hopefully it's longer, but yeah. you, know, you have to face mortality at some point. I just think what, what a great way to, to not only be able to use the, the capital that I've generated over the first 45 or 50 years of my life, but to, to help others with it, right? To, to create some of that investment capital for some people that they just need the first 20 grand to get started. They just right. need someone to actually show them, man, I believe in you. Mm-hmm. And, and to run a framework, it's like, how, how great would that be to be able to look back over life and see there's, to me, millions of people that have been impacted by all the, the skin, knees, and bloody noses that, that I've gotten over my life. Yeah. Yeah, that's, well, that's incredible vision. I, well, I mean, you can think, <clears throat> I'm sure there's a big part of you that's either thinking back to, man, I wish I had someone like that in my life or, or it's, Hey, I did have actually somebody in my life that came through and did that for me. 
when no one else believed me or whatever. And how can I, you know, how can I do that? And how could I do that at a large scale? Like you're talking. So I love it. Thank you. It's, it's so important. I mean, right. Cause not everybody's had that person. I think a, a lot of us have, I've definitely had people that have seen things in me that I didn't necessarily see in myself. And I can look back and be like, I don't know why or what it was, but there was something and I'm so thankful that they did. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's a, what's a moment I, I I've heard, you know, I've had the opportunity to spend some time with you a little bit and I've, and you've shared s- some stories about your journey. Um, what is a critical moment for you where, you know, you did decide how you did and you did take the path that you did that has you where you are today, but had you taken, a, uh, made a different decision, right? That fork in the road, you'd be in a much different place. I think those stories are powerful f- for people to hear that are in the same moments trying to figure out, man, what do I do here? Yeah, boy, Nate. So it's all, it's always darkest before the dawn. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to share a story that, that to me echoes that. And, and through my, through my twenties, right in, in the, into literally my 30th year, I had a very tough time telling the truth. Now when I say tough time telling the truth. It was in all aspects of life, but specifically with women. And while it would make sense that as a man, I just wanted to go out and, you know, I'll say, sow my wild oats to keep it polite. Yeah. That was never really my, my goal. I liked the, the connection, the, the, the mental intimacy as much as a level of physical intimacy. But for whatever the reason, and I can backtrack to believe what I, what I believe it to be now, but for whatever the reason, I had a heck of a time sitting down with a woman who I'd been dating for three, four, five months and saying, you know what, you're an amazing human being. You've added a ton of value to my life but I don't see it progressing to a point that maybe you see it progressing to. Mm-hmm. Nate, I couldn't, I couldn't have that conversation if my life depended <laughs> on it. It just wasn't something I could do. I think that's a tough conversation for just about everyone, right? Yeah, I, I hope so. At least that's the story I'll tell myself. Might I don't know. Yeah, I mean, bit. I think there's probably a big reason why there's such a high divorce rate. Like people end up committing to relationships they really didn't want to. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. And so, you know, I'm, I'm having these relationships that, for all intents and purposes, the women are great, right? If, if any of the, the individuals I dated were to ever stumble upon this, they did absolutely nothing wrong. They're, they were brilliant women. They were powerful. They were successful in their own rights. But what happened is, you know, at some point I would be like, gosh, I don't want to be with this person. So I'll make myself available in the open market without breaking up with this person. I won't tell the new person I'm in a relationship and I'll just wait and see what happens. Maybe I'll get caught and it'll just take care of itself, essentially, right? I I felt more Mm -hmm. comfortable being the bad guy on that side than having the tough conversations. Well, it'd be great if it was something that just took care of itself, but (laughs) one relationship turns into two, two turn into three, three turn into four. So Mm -hmm. Nate, at one point, I had four full-time girlfriends, different parts of Columbus. Um, I think the longest relationship was maybe three years. The shortest was six months. They eventually find out about each other, right? And there's this weight that gets lifted. This is before I met my wife now. Yep. And so I was able to, to, to resurrect one of those relationships. So I kept this individual around, you know, came clean and my own version of coming clean at that point. And so I, I still though, was, was unhappy in the relationship as I'm putting back together the pieces, probably didn't want to be alone, right? Had that fear of sure. what it was like to have to be alone with my own thoughts, like the companionship. So resurrected that relationship, but then met my wife now, Lindsay. 
right? So I'm two different, two different women at the same time. And I, I come home, uh, you know, press fast forward as you're listening. I come home on a, on a November day, probably not, not too dissimilar from like we're recording now, probably about the same time period. Yeah. And I have this merchant processing company that I can see is just nosediving, right? So I, I end up closing the doors on that December 21st of the same year. Have to write a multiple six-figure check just to shut it down, right? Like it's all, all the money kind of <laughs> yeah. disappeared. It didn't disappear, right? It's all my fault. But sure. And as I'm coming home, my wife and I had just moved in together. We're boyfriend and girlfriend at that point. And I see her car in the driveway, but all the lights are off in the house. Now my wife is a full-blooded Italian. She is feisty. She is. <laughs> yeah. There's always commotion. You know, in, incredible woman. And come home, the lights are off. I'm like. Well, this is, this is strange. It's, you know, 6 PM it's November. Yeah. It's cold. Walk in the front door and she, she's sitting in our living room, kind of snuggled up on the couch under a blanket. And she just, she's just laser beam deadpan focused staring at me. Yeah. Like, Hey, what's, what's going on? Why lights are off? Sit down. We need to talk. I'm like, uh, so that, you know, that, that feeling in my heart sinks butterflies in my stomach. I'm like, okay, what do we need to talk about? Cause you know exactly what we need to talk about. Yep. No, no, <laughs> no. What? 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 I have no clue because right, it could have like, been at that point. She found out my business was failing. It could have been, sure. she found out that, you know, my car is about to be repossessed. Yeah. I, there's so many things she could have found out about. I'm like, oh, let's just see which one comes out. Yeah. 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 And she says, you know, where were you at last weekend? And the weekend before I was at the mall with the other woman, um, mm -hmm. I believe one of her kids, perhaps just walking around. And she says, I know you're at the mall with, with that, that woman's name and her kids. One of my friends saw you. You mind telling me why? Ooh. And she's calm, right? It's sure. as an Italian, like I'm, I'm waiting. Every yeah. other girlfriend has yeah, yeah. <laughs> yelled and thrown stuff. And it's just like eerily calm. Like, well, you know, I, I come up with whatever the story was at that moment in time. And, and she looks at me, she says, you know, Brian, I don't know if we're going to get through this. I don't know if we're going to be together. I don't know what it looks like but I do know you are capable of a lot more than you're showing up for now. You're just a better human being than how you're presenting yourself. And I sat there and my heart sank. You get that cold rush over me. And I said, man, you're right. Yeah. Pull out my phone, put it on speaker, call the other woman and say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to fully focus on attempting to repair my relationship with Lindsay. I wish you all the best. I appreciate you. But when we hang up, I'm going to, delete your name out of my phone and block your number. So I'll never have any idea you're trying to get a hold of me. I went through, I did that right in front of, right in front of Lindsay, who's now my wife. So you see where the story eventually ends up. Yeah. I said, look, I'm, I'm going to take the passcode off my phone. So you never gonna have to worry about that. So take the passcode off the phone. I said, let's, I'm going to, if whatever you want, I'll combine cell phone bills. Let's just, let's just see where this goes. And it was at that moment, just being able to sit there with her and just someone believing in me past a point that I was able to believe in myself or the quality of individual I was capable of becoming that just caused this shift. And it, Nate, it took time to repair that relationship. And it wasn't that she drug my nose through the dirt, like maybe past, past people did. She said, look, I, just give me a couple of days, right? If you can kind of make yourself sparse, don't, you know, yeah, don't, don't right. hover around the house. Yeah. Let me figure out what I want to do for myself. And then we'll take action from there. So, okay, great. She said, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you enough to, to try to put together the pieces with you. But what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to hover over you. I'm not going to ask where you're at every minute of every day. You, uh, you just do what you feel is right. And so it started to become pretty easy. I would call her on the way to work. I mean, we live in the same house, but I would you know, yeah. chat with her. I'd call yeah. her during the day. I'd 
caller on the way home. So there was there was a built-in level of trust because of just the, the communication. There wasn't a, a question as to where I was at. Right. And it took gosh, probably six or seven months to get to a point where things felt pretty stable. But that was one of those forks. You know, that was one yeah. of those things of, man, I could have just as easily heard it, had it go in one ear, out the other. I could have mm-hmm. you know, still kept playing the game behind the scenes. Man, I just didn't want to. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just didn't want to. Way before Warrior, way before all. I mean, this was. Sure. Oh, gosh, 2000. We've been together for eight, almost nine years. So that would have been. 2016, 2015, probably mm-hmm. just about okay, that okay. was happening. I didn't yeah. I didn't meet Garrett or know about Wake Up Board in 2018. It was just right. and I got to start telling the truth more. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, that's a powerful story. And yeah, probably 90% of the time, if not more, that story goes the other way, I would imagine. So uh, definitely a life altering moment for you and one that you you know, made a powerful decision in that moment. So yeah, thank great. you. Yeah. What's, um, I see a lot of books behind you. And so I, I typically, as, as we wrap up would ask, you know, what's, what's a piece of a, a principle that if, if the, our listener here today was to implement would help move their life forward. But I, I, I see you're probably in your office, you got a ton of books behind you. And, and so, you know, I'm sure you believe in uh, continuing to to read and to grow and and uh, so yeah. What maybe you could talk on that or what's something from a book behind you or 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 a piece of advice that you know if someone were to implement would help them move their life forward today, uh, they could do so. Yeah, absolutely, Nate. So I find that most of the time when I share this answer, it's actually me sharing with the next version of of myself, right? When yeah. ever somebody asks me for advice, it's really like gosh, what do I need to hear? Right. And uh, to kind of loop all the pieces of our conversation together, I did have a mentor that came into my life when I was 14 and lived in the same neighborhood, middle-class America, didn't didn't think much about it, didn't know anything about him, Um, started mowing his yard and he offered me the opportunity to come and work, you know, be his, I'll call it his gopher, right? You know, go do this, go do that, wash his cars, mow his yards, all that stuff. He ended up being a business owner in the little town in Ohio that I grew up in and a very successful business owner. And I can remember in 2000, maybe 2001. So I would have been a junior or senior in high school. He hands me Jack Welsh's book straight from the gut and says, you you, got to read this. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. uh Whatever. Right. Like number one, I have no idea who Jack Welsh is. Number two, I certainly am not reading for, for fun at that point (laughs) in high school. And I carried that book around with me and read it for the first time. I've been 33, right? So I had this book in my possession from <laughs> 17, I'll even say 34, just to make it easier. So sure. 17 years of carrying yeah. this book around. And one of Jack Welsh's principles is just radical candor and accountability. It's one of the things that this fiery guy from Boston helped grow General Electric from you know the early 80s to early 2000s, just by completely altering the culture. And here's this guy that, that's short with a, a thick Boston accent that is just walking around, just hitting people between the eyes with what I'll call the truth. There's not any mincing of words. And I find that I know the season that I'm navigating into, I'm actively pursuing that personally. But I find that the world needs more of that for for both reasons. Well, reason number one, it feels better to tell people just that 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 direct truth, right? If I'm okay, Nate, as you're staring at me, like, and I just don't like that brown jacket you're wearing. Now, it might not be relevant for our conversation right now, right? But if it's if it's something you and I are going into a meeting and 
you don't look right. Go, go clean yourself up. I would rather have that than be able to get the feedback later than allow me to, you know, tiptoe and tap dance around it. The other side is I think it makes us more receptive to feedback from others. I think when we quite often, right, we haven't calcified, as I call it, that muscle that yeah. allows us to, to receive feedback and realize that most people, in my opinion, actually have a positive intention. Mm-hmm. I don't care what side of the political aisle we sit on, all the, the, the you know separatism that happens in today's world. I still believe that most people are inherently good. And if you say something to me, it's because you want me to expand my capacity. You're hoping I, I become a little better than I am today. And so the the reading and, and the books, that's that'll say is my passion, right? The books behind me aren't, I laughingly almost say it's a green screen, but it, it's not. It's, yeah. I'm not a big drinker. Those aren't things that are important to me. I like to take care of myself and take care of myself means taking care of my mind. And so the, the extra hack that I would have for that is when you pick up a book, as you're listening, you, you grab a book, the best authors I find cite other author, other authors, the yeah, absolute yeah. best ones. They're not saying it's all their ideas. They're, right. they're openly saying, I got feedback from this person, this person. And if you enjoy the book you're reading and someone cites someone else, that means an incredibly intelligent person is giving someone else credit. Yeah. So I, I pause in that moment. I pull out my phone. I hop on Amazon and I add it to my shopping cart. Yeah, And it, it just led me down this beautiful trail, sometimes going all the way back to I'll say some of the origin thoughts that are typically, you know, late 1800s, early 1900s, that a lot of today's insights really seem to, to stem from, right? Whether it's, mm-hmm. um, and, and some even further, right? We can go back to some biblical principles that you can kind yeah. of backtrack things into, where I just think it's such a profound way to, to remain curious, to honor that childlike curiosity that Unfortunately, adulthood kind of takes out of us, but it doesn't have to. You can still yeah. have that wonderment, still have that curiosity by, by, by just reading, or or if it's YouTube, right? Wherever your your input is, a podcast like this. Well, what happens when you know Nate's making reference of of Michael Lush? Well, go go find Michael Lush for a second. Then Michael yeah, Lush right. will make reference to to four other people if you consume enough of his content. Go chase them down. Like there's this incredible world of knowledge, and it just seems that. Individuals like yourself, I'll put myself in there. We're curious, right? We're, we're consistently expanding our capacity for what's possible. And I think that's really the difference maker to me and the people that I find that are incredibly successful. Now, I, I also don't believe that success, Nate, is just monetary. I don't think that yeah. there are very successful people that aren't independently wealthy. They have a great family. They have a great connection to a higher power. They've got a great tribe. They're very happy in their field of choice. But I found they're all curious. They all have something that just keeps them asking questions. I think, yeah. I think it's really one of those things. So that, that again, is a Jack Welsh principle. You have radical candor on one yeah, side yeah. and you have training, accountability and asking questions on the other. Don't ever assume that you know the answer and assume positive intent from most people. Life just gets, I'll say pretty easy when I, when I operate that way versus in that egoic sense of I'm right, I know everything, right? You have radical candor on one yeah, side yeah. and you have training, accountability and asking questions on the other. Don't ever assume that you know the answer and assume positive intent from most people. Life just gets... I'll say pretty easy when I, when I operate that way versus in that egoic sense of I'm right. I know everything. Shut up and listen to me. Right. That, yeah. That yeah. voice still creeps up from time to time for me. For sure. Yeah. And there's, you know, I 100% agree. I, I, you know, as a coach myself, I, 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 uh, there are, there are no original thoughts and, uh, ideas and, and I believe 100% and giving credit where credit is due. And sometimes you'll run across leaders that, that don't seem to have that ability or to try to 
swing everything that it's that it's their program their idea you know their you know and, and when when everyone around them knows it's not and so there's something inside of me that just uh repulses at that so yeah i'm 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 with you and then uh another thing is you know i think for the listener here today uh radical honesty is definitely a theme that has come up a number of times and so i would you know maybe it's a a cue for you to do an inventory for yourself and kind of see where you're at there and and how that might be able to serve you if, if you're able to uh, work work on that muscle a little bit to to have some more of that candor when it's needed right you know not just for yourself but you know others i think need that in their life from time to time and if you're coming from the right place which you've said right if you're coming from a place of love um you know someone that cares enough about you to give you that uh, because they feel that you need it um then it opens it opens us up too right for that as well we got to be open for that as well so yeah i love that yeah thanks nate i appreciate it mm-hmm. what what's what's a a main place where we can we can find you on the web uh, that you hang out the most and for the listener today that they can they can come and see more of what you're all about yeah so the, the website's going to be my website's a great place to to connect. I don't have something to sell on there. I don't have a course to buy. I, I do have a little mailing list where I put out content from time to time. That's right. Just uh, things that are important to me that hopefully create value for others. And that's just ryanidel.com, R-Y-A-N-N-I-D-D-E-L.com. And it's, my name is uh, the handle for every social media platform. So I've got a little team that grabs content from me every once in a while and throws it up on the web for me. I can't say that I'm, I answer DMs when, when I think about it, but I'm one of those guys that I like to get in the game and mix it up versus, you know, sitting on the sidelines and, and spending the time on social media. So your best way to get a hold of me, drop something in there. If you get a response, it's absolutely from me. Love it. Yeah. I don't know. If I've noticed uh, you being more active and maybe that's not the case. And maybe I've just, you've just become more a part of my feed, but it seems like you've been a little bit more active and I've been loving uh, to see the, the videos and things that you've been putting out. Um, but I appreciate you being here today. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Nate. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 for you listening right now, if you want more incredible content and uh, you want to you want to learn from from some leaders out there in all kinds of different industries and in uh, professions that are doing that are up to big things, right? It's 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 finding those people that that have been where you want to go and and to learn from them. And this is a great way to do it. So stay right here and and uh, get more from us here in the next episode.